Life from the Well is sponsored by Scratch Distillery. Located in Edmonds, Washington, Scratch Distillery crafts delicious spirits from scratch. Every batch is made by hand from local non-GMO organic grains. Head on over to Edmonds and taste the natural, delicious flavors for yourself. If you have an itch for a cocktail, go scratch it. Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. Enjoy the show. This episode from Life from the Well is served handcrafted by Barfly Mixology Gear, a line of essential tools for mixologists. Life from the Well. And joining us today, my good friend, Mary Moberic. Orlando native and Seattle resident. Mary, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joey. It's great to be here. It's been a, it's <laughs> should, been a long time coming. I, I should give you a, a, some sort of a service industry title, bartender, server, um, service industry pro. She's been around. She, does, she knows how to handle a crowd. Um, and yeah, long time coming indeed. Um, but Mary just finished up with a semester of grad school, so we finally caught a break in her schedule, so she was finally able to join us on the show. Um, so, hooray. <laughs> and good on you for furthering your education and making something out of yourself. Trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> um, welcome to the show. Uh, here at Life from the Well, we love to <laughs> greet people with a shot of alcohol. Um, it's how bartenders say hi, and it's how we say hi. So, cheers. Cheers. Uh, Mm. Mm. lovely tito's is better when it's chilled yes it is it's good it's like I, I just bought this ice cube tray recently and it's called a crushed ice cube tray but it's really really thin and it just and it, it makes tiny little tiny tiny little cubes so you got to knock them all tiny, out tiny little cubes. it's nice because they melt really fast and so if you just want to yeah. chill something um you just throw a, a few of those in and it gives you a nice chill without having to have chunks in your mouth should make really. a um, should make a caparina. I can do that with that. Well, it's not actual. I mean, it's just a little cube. So you'd still want to like caparina. You want like snow cone ice. You know? Yeah. It, so it would probably smash really well, but it would take forever because the whole ice cube tray fills up like this six ounce glass. <laughs> oh yeah, that would take a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to get several of them. Um. Anyways, let's start. Let's start this thing. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Um, let's jump on your resume real quick before we get too far into stories and sidetracked and stuff. Um, it's just the part of the show where we like to talk about, you know, how you got in the service industry, kind of, you know, what was your first job and then like, what got you to where you currently are? Um, so th- I mean, my very, very first job was at a car wash. So... <laughs> That's our first well, I guess you're still being served. You're a service industry person, kind of. Yeah, it's always been in the service industry, like one way or another. But yeah, when mm-hmm. I was 15, um, I'd like just turned 15 too. And I have a twin brother, so we're both 15. My mom came home one day and she's like, hey, you know, the local car wash is hiring. Because I think they were just sick of us, like asking them for money. Sure. I'll never for forget. Sure. And then we, my brother and I both applied. So we actually worked our first job together, which was kind of fun. That's so cute. Um, the twins got a job together. The twins got a job together. So that was really fun. <laughs> it was a fun job. Though. And like, it's, um, that's the one thing I noticed. Um, the difference between Florida and Washington, or I'm sure other states that actually get cold, unlike Florida, 
you guys don't have like full service like car washes around here i mean they exist but they're very few and few and far between um yeah you you can find them there there's but you kind of have to drive a little like by the time you get there like so it's a ways away so you wash your car and then by the time it takes you to get home your car is dirty again because it's like two hour commute to get to the car wash that has good yeah, I don't know. So, Maybe we'll find a good one in Seattle, and they can they can sponsor the show, and we'll 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 uh, we'll give them a shout out. Or if, I guess if somebody just found one, I like to. Yeah, like yeah, man. Full start. Anyway, so then like throughout high school, I worked at um, at the car wash, and then I worked at um, Pizza Hut, which was really fun. Pizza um, the Hut. Yep, I was the CSR. We answered the phone back in the day. Like in this mm-hmm. would have been what two thousand one. So like back in the day when there wasn't all the like online oh, ordering. Well, actually, I remember we got online ordering. Were they eventually. were they doing the line before Time Dolls back then? I don't think it was that far back. Okay, I guess that was like probably the '90s when they were doing Land Before Time. Yeah, this was oh one, oh one oh two when I worked at Pizza Hut, and then. Um, okay, so you just um, sat on the phone and took pizza orders, basically. Yeah, it was really fun, like Friday nights, and like it was. It's funny how you don't realize it in those kinds of jobs but like we had like regulars at like that job too you have like yeah. families or like the stoner dudes that would order like every friday night like like claw and that was almost 20 yeah. years ago i've so definitely like, i've definitely gotten to know a pizza guy or two over my years yeah <laughs> i've been a pizza regular <laughs> yeah so you get the you get the same people um i really like that job that was actually the one job that i ever walked out of i was like 17 and i did not like my manager um and we got in a big fight one day and I called her, I called her a see you next Tuesday and like stormed out of the oh, restaurant. Oh, you made, you did a and fun then, thing with that. Yeah. But then I left my keys like in my little cubby to my car. So I had to walk back into the restaurant. That's awesome. To get my keys. Yeah. That was my, that like, was hi, my sorry. Hi, sorry. I'm just going to leave again real quick. I just could go. Those were kind of like my hard, my hardcore, like punk rock days. So I was pretty rebellious, mm-hmm. like back in those days anyway. I feel you. I mean, what, early 2000s? I feel like you're a few years younger than me. So I feel like that was right around the time that I was, I was quitting jobs aggressively too. Yeah. That was, that was the, that was the one, man. Oh man. That was, yeah. yeah. I had, I had one where I, I, I had a guy, well, it was, there was a whole thing led, led up to it, but I ended up like yelling. I called my bartender at like a, a sh- <laughs> a short, fat, ugly little fucker or something like that. And he, <laughs> and, and he was like, I think, I think it was, it was one of those Han Solo moments where he focused on a weird word. You know, it was like short. And I was like, that's the one you took away from the whole thing. Like that's, that, that was your yeah. takeaway. But I think it might've, he might've been like ugly. And, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm mad at you. You, you look ugly to me. <laughs> Classic. Hello. That's a fun walkout. And so you went from Pizza Hut to where would you say? Um, I didn't have a job for a little bit. And then I started working at Macy's and I got a job like in the, um, it was in the gift wrap department though. So (laughs) So you're really good at wrapping presents? I am actually. If anybody needs my services, I'm unemployed right now. So I can gift wrap like the best of them. No, but like for real, we would like measure stuff out. Like it was actually really cool because like we were customer service and gift wrap. So the only time of the year we were super busy was at Christmas time. Mm. and if you had like a macy's platinum card or whatever you got like um 12 free gift wraps a year so like all these like bougie bitches would like Mm. wait till christmas and then just like drop all their stuff off and they like 
oh, we'll be back in like five or six hours. And then you yeah. would just wrap all their gifts and bring them back. And I worked with a really cool uh, girl there named Jenny. Uh, I'll never forget her. We're still friends on Facebook. We still talk like every once in a while, but she was Shout one of my Jenny. first, um, <laughs> she was one of my, well, well, not, yeah, not that Jenny, but no, we were we'll still, shout out to that uh, Jenny too. Why not? Hi, Jenny King. Or, <laughs> <laughs> all of them. But no, we were, um, we were really cool. She was one of my first, um, kind of close, like chick friends. I didn't have a lot of like girlfriends like growing up and she was one of my really good friends. So we would just like hang out, like read books, like talk shit, and then just like wrap a baby shower gift, like every once in a while. And then, oh, and then take, like, the really old ladies' payments for their, um, for their Macy's credit card. You had to, like, do the, yeah, old school <laughs> credit card swipers. Like old school. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so I did that for a couple of years, and then I worked at Papa John's. Um, Another pizza place, I'm sensing a trend. You know? <laughs> and then, so I think my, like, entry, though, like, into, like, the service service industry was, um, and this was, like, my quintessential job, like, when I was in college was... I worked at this hookah bar uh, called Natura, and we were a hookah bar. We sold beer, wine, boba tea, coffee, like all that stuff. And then we had like live music all the time. Mm -hmm. um, or we had comedy nights, like we had movie nights. We hosted like, um, you know, groups from like on campus and stuff like that um, to show movies and just do, you know, we just, we did a bunch of stuff. We had a gay night, like we did. Sounds like, sounds like Chaz. Yeah, a little bit. It's very... Very Chaz-esque. Yeah, it was great. And that's, I mean, I made a lot of my lifelong friends actually at that job and just all, it was just a really, really cool place. Um, it unfortunately is not there anymore, but man, like when we were there, that was like the height of that place. Like, <laughs> um, Isn't that always the, the case? <laughs> yeah. When I was there, that place was the best. It Ever was, since though. I left. It, it really, really was, man. We had an open mic night every Thursday. <laughs> that's pretty and, cool. um, my friend Stacy and I worked it every Thursday night and like you just knew like every Thursday night like the place was going to be like packed from like 8 p.m. to like 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. like, every night and we were like music and uh, comedy or just music it was it was music and comedy for the for the most part it was music mm -hmm. I feel like it got into the comedy like a little bit later kind of like after I graduated and like yeah, I guess early 2000s was still a little a little slow for that whole scene yeah, early but the music was, it was it was like starting to take off again I think around then like late yeah, 90s, early 2000s. Four. Nice. Um, All right. But uh, so yeah, that was honestly. I, I mean, you know, Cantina is probably like they're the top two. Like Natura and Cantina are probably my top two like favorite jobs like ever. Like on they're the, the best places. Yeah, like yeah. And Natura was just so cool and organic, and like we just had just such a good time, and like. Everybody who worked there, we studied there, like we hung out there, like our friend mm. groups are there, our friends' bands played there. There was like a jazz night that was really cool on Wednesdays. And that was very much like a, there was like a three-piece set, you know, a guitar player, bass player, and a drummer. Mm. And then just dudes would come like with their horns and like with other string instruments and stuff like that. And just like. Play some ska. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some ska, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh. Yeah, and that so that jazz night was really cool. We had yeah. Anyway, so that was um, so that was that kind of like my a cool last, little gig. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a really 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 great job. Um, shout out to my old boss Paula. If she ever hears this, I'll send it to her so she can listen. Um, she was great. Um, and then I graduated college and I had like a bit of a quarter life crisis, so I took a job at an insurance company for like three years. 
and I did claims customer service, which is just like a nightmare. Because you just um, wanted to be screamed at all day for some reason? Yeah, like, and that was three years. I worked that job three years to the oh, day. Glutton um, for punishment. Yeah, and it, you know, the thing was, is like. Shout out to the people that work in the insurance field. <laughs> company, company was really great. The company had a good culture. They treated us well, good benefits, but. Yeah, dude, nobody wants to talk to the insurance company, right? Like if you've if you're like talking to the insurance company, like something has gone wrong in your life. Yeah, you're so, dealing with a, a crisis usually. Yeah, so that kind of um so yeah, then it was um I had my um my buddy Nick had moved out here and he'd been living out here for a while. Out here to Seattle from Orlando. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. He had moved from Seattle or from Orlando to, to Seattle. Um and he was married to his husband at the time and they kept bugging me and well not bugging me but they were like I, I i went out there like every year to hang out with them over the summer and mm. they were like hey if you ever want to like move out here you know just like let us know they had bought a house they're like you can live with us for a while while you like get your bearings and i was like okay and i just wasn't you know i mean i love florida like i don't hate on florida like a lot of people do but um i was just ready for a change so yeah. i i honestly i love florida too so yeah, That's it's just—it's it's a great—it's a cool place to grow up, and I'm sure we'll get into it's that. A cool place to visit. It's like there's a lot of good food there. There's good people there. There's a lot of fun culture. So Florida's a dope ass place. Yeah, I like Florida, and um, so yeah, but I just—I needed to change, so I quit my job there, and um, quit my job, moved out here, and then as soon as I moved out here, which was a stupid move, like don't do this, y'all. If you do this, like take two weeks before you look for a job. Cause I got a job within like three days at Tully's. Which mm-hmm. is like funked now. I think I don't even think they're around anymore. I don't know. Tully's? I think Tully's? they might still be around. It is a local coffee company. Um, they used to be like neck and neck with Starbucks, and then Starbucks just kind of went. Yeah, um, Tully's in the dust. I feel like back in the day they were at least. I, I used to like Tully's more, but but then they just became another whatever. But yeah, I like Tully's. Honestly, if I had the choice of Tully's or Starbucks, I would choose Tully's probably every time. I did like Tully's actually. That was I actually I rarely go to Starbucks to be honest. Like that's well, shit. Now now with their now with their stance on on uh, BLM and stuff, it's a little it's a little. Well, hard. they backtracked on that though. Like now oh, they're yeah. now they're letting them them wear the BLM stuff, and also they're because, like because because of the backlash on it that they received. Yeah, yeah people, it's funny. It's funny the things that they decide to go back on and the things that they stick to, because yeah. like they let the. <laughs> I didn't but want to also, get into them in their cups. <laughs> also, though, but they're. The, I did read an article that they're gonna like design some of their own stuff for their employees sure. to wear. I see. I. I honestly so, like part. Part of it, I think, was just them trying to enforce a corporate dress code, sure. which, which, um, I'm gonna be honest with you, nobody likes. Anyways, nobody ever yeah. likes a corporate dress code. The only no. people that like the corporate dress code are the people that pick out the clothes for the corporate dress code. I think everybody else thinks that they look ridiculous, but yeah. So yeah. So I worked for Tully's for like a year. I became an assistant manager. Um, they paid me crap and they just kept sending me to other stores, different stores that didn't have managers. And I was like interim manager. Mm-hmm. So basically like I was being paid as an assistant manager, but I had like all the responsibilities of a manager and I was just like, I'm done with y'all. Yeah, yeah. So I went on Craigslist one day and I saw Tom Douglas hiring for a new joint, and I was like, uh, I was like, I want to work there. And um, I applied, and I got the I I interviewed with Renee, who was a mm-hmm. goddess, and I love her. Shout out to Renee. We love yeah, Renee. We love Renee. 
And Missoula. And, um, <laughs> she said to me in the interview, because it was like, you know, initially it was for the counter position, right? It wasn't for like mm -hmm. an actual server position. Yeah. And I remember in my interview, she was like, man, she's like, I love a barista, you know? She's like, Cause the, the skills just translate like really well. Mm -hmm. And that happened. And then, you know, we opened up Cantina, then we closed it for like a month and then we did full service. And Renee was like, she's like, now that I've worked with you, I obviously know that you have the, the capacity to be yeah. a server. And I've then, seen the skill level you have. Yeah. Now I'm going to change your job title. Yeah. And she gave me, yeah. and then she gave me, and she gave me a bartending shift too. And, you know, it is something very similar with me uh, starting because when we opened, I was. I volunteered to work the AM shifts because I, I was coming off of a, a gig where I'd been working like six days a week for a couple of years. And, and I was just ready for a little bit of time with my wife. Um, and so, so I, I volunteered to work morning shifts and I was like, yeah, I'll be off by the evening. I'll go hang out with Brooke and we'll have like a little bit of a normal life for a little while. Um, and that lasted a month. <laughs> and at the end of the month when we, when we closed and then reopened, she said, Hey, um, you're, you're a good bartender. I need you on busier nights can can i put you on friday and saturday nights instead <laughs> i was like yeah okay <laughs> she's yep. like all right and that that yeah no, but that was a good thing about renee too though she was a good manager because she recognized talent and she put it in places where it was needed you know that's that's a sign of good management but yeah See? so that was um, so yeah cantina was honestly like one of my first like seriously full service like had to serve tables like start to finish mm -hmm. like and you know i gotta give it up like i mean you and and like drop so much now because I always like making cocktails for my friends and I was always like kind of into that kind of stuff and like I always like cooking and things so like I've always liked making things right and like and you know I was a barista for a long time I love being a barista mm -hmm. you like making and, drinks yeah and that and that translated like once I got kind of my bearings and kind of got my basics down like I feel like it was like the three of you that really kind of um I don't know you dropped a lot of skills and like a lot of knowledge on me like you were some hard love at points right but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, there was sometimes you and I, yeah, well, you and I always, you know, we've always kind of fought like we're brother and sister anyway. So that yeah, we've heads a few times, but it was never like, it was never antagonistic. It was never mean, I should say. Yeah. It, was, it was always yeah. like, <laughs> just do it. And you're like, just leave it. You know, those, those things. Yeah, you were always the person that I went to for kind of like the classic knowledge. Like if I really wanted to know something, I always went to you. Well, honestly, like, thank you. That's really sweet. That, like, that, that's like one of those things that like, I think like working with, with you and, and some of the other people at that restaurant, like over time, it, it helped me teach me to like be better with like, better with my communication, I think, you know, because like initially, like I, I came in, we came from really high standards and then we brought those with us. But at the same time, like we were working with looser standards, right? And so like in my head, I still have like the people that taught me like screaming at me. That's like a forever thing. Like, yeah, like you always kind of have that thing in, in, in the back of your head. And so like the and and that's just kind of the way that the service industry used to communicate was was people like the loudest, angriest people were heard the most. Right. right. Um, and, and it's kind of fun because we've watched our industry evolve over the last like five to 10 years, especially since, since we've been seeing things on TV and normalizing some of it and, and realizing that that's not really an okay way to treat people. Um, I think like, you know, take, taking some of what I was taught and then like working at Cantina with you and others, I, I was able to kind of focus on like my, my delivery on, on some of that stuff too. And just be like, how, how can I like communicate with these people in a way that shows that I care but also isn't completely disrespectful to that person and like demeans them in front of the crowd. You know, like we, we can, we can all talk and, and be cool and fine. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, then I mean, yeah, it was just literally cantina until the shutdown. I mean, I yeah. feel like I, well, I mean that's been the last five years, right? I mean, that's yeah. It's it's weird. Um, thinking about that, I I worked there longer than I worked anywhere. Would have been I had like I got my five year like little anniversary card in October. Yeah, I mean it would have been almost six years. But you had worked for the company for a little bit before that, though. I started six months before Cantina opened. So I started yeah. in May and we opened in November. Um, yeah. I was working at the, I was doing theater bartending. So I was working rock shows and comedy shows and stuff at the Paramount and more theaters. And stuff. I don't know. That, that's kind of it. And like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I mean, I, I don't know. That's a big I question. I mean, I think, especially now with the way that the industry is, is shaping out, um, uh, what does it look like? You know, what is, what, what, what does the, what does a future restaurant job it's, I don't think it's going to be the same as it was, you know, before. I, I think no. there's, there's, it can't be, right? Like people aren't, once all this evens out and people try to find their normal again, we're not going to, it's, I don't think it's going to be the same level of eating out as it was before. You know, there's, well, it's definitely, I mean, I mean it's, for, for yeah. years, we're not going to have that level of security, I don't think. Yeah, and I think, you know, you have to think, I mean, obviously they're, you know, they're trying to work on a vaccine and like all of this and mm-hmm. trying to figure all of that out. But like, it's just not going to be, I mean, you know, there, there's people who are, you know, willing to like push those boundaries, which is fine. But there's also people who just like aren't going to go out like mm-hmm. until Let's they the, know for sure, you know. Yeah. The, 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 you know, I, I respect people that, that want to just get out and go because that, you know, I, I respect that drive and, and the willingness to work and just wanting to do something. I mean, if, if I didn't have this and, you know, a bunch of little house projects around, you know, to, to keep myself busy, like I would be going nuts and I, I would probably be pushing harder to go back to work too. I've just been fortunate enough to find things to keep myself busy in this time um, to, to be able to have a little patience, I think. And, 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 and for, you know, fortunately we have the, the unemployment boost, which has given us a little bit of security so we can be a little cautious with going back to work too and, and, and watch the trend of it all. Right. And so you're, we're right. watching people go back and we're seeing the resurgence and that just makes me nervous about it. I'm just like, well, shit, am I going to go back and get COVID because I work with, you know, I, I interact with 300 people a day, you know, right. that interact with, you know, so. You know, I, I mean, we're, you know, you know we're young ish, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. we'd, probably, we'd, we'd probably be fine. But the only thing that worries me is just, it is the whole thing of like spreading it to other people. Like, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, if I'm, if we're working, then we, we also have to be if, considerate. Right. So then right. if we want to ever go visit family, you know, then, you know, my dad's in his seventies, you know, right. I, I have, I have, I have friends and I have family that, that have compromised immune systems that, that really would be, fucked if, if they came in touch with this thing yeah you know, so where whereas i might be healthy and okay and if i get it i feel confident that i'd probably be okay you know hopefully who knows you know you never know fucking you could get the, the the bad end of the stick but i mean it's not about me necessarily it's about the amount of people that i come in contact with and and, and affect too right so that's, yeah, that, that's that's my big thing about it and that's why I like I always wear a mask, like, when I go to the grocery store, like, even, like, running, like, I ran into the gas station to get gas today, so, I, so that I would have gas for the camping trip, and, um, you know, I always, you know, and it's, it's about other people, it's not just about me, and I think that's a big thing, too, and I think, um, 
you know, I feel like we need to get back to some sense of normalcy and people need to kind of like carry on with their lives, like to an extent, you know what I mean? Like if they want to, you know, but you just have to, you just have to be wary of it and you just have to like take as, as much precaution as you can. Right. I mean, and I think that's like coming from like the service industry too. Like we wash our hands and like, we're very like, Oh, thank you. Joy. <laughs> you can see it. It's coming out. Now. Sorry. Wash your like we wash our hands more than normal people anyway, just in our normal freaking lives. Even when we're not working, like yeah. we have that like, kind of our, hourly, if not half hourly, we wash yeah. our hands. So if not us, more. Like, yeah. You know, we're just like, keep doing what we're doing, you know, like wash your hands and all that stuff. But I don't know. So but yeah, I don't know. Like I, this, this has, this whole thing has given me the opportunity to like in my first like quarter of school and not be working since I was like 15 years old. So I was definitely, yeah. I was definitely kind of nice. I mean, thankfully I had unemployment and I was able to just like go through this whole last quarter of, of uh, grad school and not have to work and just be able to, you know, I would have been, I would have gone, uh, cr- I mean, I did go slightly crazy. I bought a trampoline, which, you know, um, Dude, I have a trampoline, so yeah, I did not judge. I, <laughs> went a little and you know and when we little, say trampolines you guys we mean a little like two yeah. foot rebounder like a <laughs> right. tiny little trampoline for an apartment that you can jump on and get your energy out and it's actually a really good leg exercise it really is i've actually i've really been enjoying it um i try i do try and do walks and stuff but like if i just don't feel like going on a walk in the morning i'll just like throw on some tunes and just like jump on the trampoline for like 15 20 minutes and just yeah whatever. i gotta say that's been one thing i'm really grateful for is is, is my dog because like he he has to go out every single day <laughs> like yeah was, i've always been a cat owner as a bartender i think i think bartenders and cats um go together like martinis and olives you know yeah. it's just one of those things where we, we have weird hours we're gone for a long time but you can trust a cat at home typically where dogs need more maintenance. And so uh, Jimmy is my first dog as an adult, <laughs> the dog that I have now with my wife. Um, but like during the pandemic, it's, it's really been a great excuse to just, I mean, I live, cause we live, I say this all the time, we live right by Green Lake. And so we're able to take him down to the lake and get some nature. And I think part of, part of like a sanity as a human is to connect with nature on one way or another. Like where we're from it, like it's part, like it's been part of us for longer than, we've lived in like homes and cities, you know, we, we lived in wilderness for a really long time. And so there's really a connection that we get from, from going outside and being outside and, and the trees and mountains and water and sun and all this, like the, the, it's something that it does to our soul, like, like uh, that you, you don't really see it physically, but you can feel it in, in, inside of you. Um, sure. and, and so I, I, I'm really grateful for, it was a, we're grateful for having the dog. I, I, it's probably too much weed probably, right? I, I know, but Jimmy's Jimmy's that was, a, that was a lot to say. I like taking my dog on walks. <laughs> no, but Jimmy Jimmy's such a Jimmy's such a great dog too. And all like all background is that um I was like a go to like dog sitter there for a while, like for, mm-hmm. for Joey and his wife and Jimmy's just such a lover and I just he's just such a great dog and he's ninety pounds, but he just he's and a he monster. doesn't yeah, like he doesn't know his own strength. He doesn't really know how loud he is sometimes. Because boy, I, man. Did I tell you what Jimmy did um, over the weekend? By the way, I'm sure that I'm sure the listeners will love to hear this. Uh, um, ha, uh, by the way, I want to say on this episode, since this is the first episode we've made since that day, happy birthday, Kelly. Her, Kelly's birthday oh, yeah. was on Monday. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, but over the weekend, we're, uh, Brooke and I were, were making some cookies for Kelly for her birthday, and we're going to surprise her with this little batch of cookies, um, and thought it would be sweet uh, 
And so we make these, we're making sugar cookies and we wanted to get some frosting for them because sugar cookies without frosting. <laughs> and so we, we had the cookies cooling on the counter and I covered them up with like a, like a tray and they were sitting on a cutting board covered up. Uh, and then we walked across the street to the store and back. We were gone a max of 10 minutes, probably even less than that. We just went to Ken's, we bought some frosting, came back home. And uh, we came home and Jimmy was excited to see us. We're like, hey, buddy. And we walked in the kitchen and the cutting board was on the floor and all the cookies were gone. And it was two and a half dozen cookies. So that's like upwards of 30 cookies, sugar cookies, that, oh, that my dog then my dog scarfed in less than 10 minutes too. Like he just was like, Dude, he'll do it. So he ate two and a half dozen sugar cookies. So we come home with the frosting and I was just like, well, fuck. <laughs> just like, we, we made these cookies and then I was making um, beef ribs. And so we had to leave those in the oven. So the oven was being used for the rest of the day. So I woke up Monday morning, made another batch of cookies and, and Kelly got her cookies. So, Yay. <laughs> uh, Jimmy didn't get any of those ones. Um, but uh, uh, then, you know, two and a half dozen sugar cookies on a stomach that's probably a, a third of the size of a human stomach. Um, like, think about eating two and a half dozen sugar cookies. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> right between now and 10 minutes from now. Yeah. Like you just have to eat all these cookies. I don't. So he was really. sick for two and a half days. <laughs> like for as many cookies as he ate. <laughs> like that's that many. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how many, for as many dozen cookies. Uh, anyways. Yeah. To today. So this was on Sunday. He did this. And today is Thursday. And the, no. the, um, this. So this morning, when I took him out this morning, he had his first normal poop. <laughs> it's it Monday, I think, probably. Yes. <laughs> so poor Jimmy's had a rough week. <laughs> uh, which brings me to um, <laughs> this quote I want to read by Ernest Hemingway. It says, "Don't bother with churches, government buildings, or city squares. If you want to know about a culture, spend a night in its bars." Sounds like Hemingway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's also, I mean, fuck, dude. You've traveled like, like that's that's it, it sounds like Hemingway because he was a drinker and a, and a, and a romantic right an author artist but at the same time like I, I think like I don't know I, I guess maybe I'm a bit of a dreamer and a bit of a romantic myself and so I that's one place I always find myself whenever I go into cities I love checking out the bars and, and finding the drinks and like that's where that's where you I don't know that's where the people are right yeah that's uh, that's that's exactly what I would say like you want to get to know because I feel like the underlying to that is like you know you want to get to know culture like you go into their bars and you meet their people and like mm -hmm. you talk to these people yeah. they're like the yeah. salt of the earth and like the people that make like this culture you know like people go to church on Sunday but they go to the bar bar every night of the week yeah so <laughs> I think there's really something to be said for that and I'm the same way I mean every you know and it's not even necessarily about getting drunk. It's like about just like going like to a bar and like, just like engaging with people like every, I mean, I'm the same way, like everywhere I go, like I always want to check out like a bar or, you know, just somewhere where, you know, the locals are like, are there yeah. and they're socializing well, and they're doing their thing. I think once you've traveled more than twice, like you kind of get that feeling for wanting to get outside of the tourist zone too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to really find that you need to find where, 
the local people are. And typically that's some dive bar around the corner from the strip, you yeah. know, where the, where the, where the bartenders that are working on the strip go after work, you know, and then, yeah, like that's where that's, I want to go. That's the place you're <laughs> going to find the real hot, you know, the real shit that's going on. That's, that's when you find about the underground jazz culture or the, or the dirty dancing nights. <laughs> oh yeah. The secret clubs, you know, that's a, uh, the 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 bartenders are the ones that know about those places typically. Yeah. They are your doorway, your key to the underworld. <laughs> <laughs> so today, um, the cocktail that we're doing. I'm gonna jump into that. I feel like we've been going long enough. We can do a cocktail. We can probably. <laughs> uh, so the today, uh, the cocktail that Mary has requested is the Hemingway daiquiri. So we haven't done the daiquiri yet. Um, so. We may do that someday, so I'll save you the background on it for now. I'll give you a light description. Daiquiri is basically a rum margarita. <laughs> um, we'll do a history on it in the future, but it's it's essentially lime juice and rum instead of lime juice and tequila. Um, with different variations of sugar and other additions here and there, you can go crazy, but those are kind of the core ingredients. And so a lot of times... You know, what well, I mean, shit, when somebody orders a daiquiri at Cantina, we would just switch out rum for, or the tequila for rum, and, and then just got to remember yeah. not, not to salt it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you don't want a salted daiquiri. That's weird. Um, then they've both been turned into frozen strawberry things. So, so frozen strawberry has turned both of those drinks into something delicious and frou-frou-y. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what this, the, 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 the quote here says the Hemingway daiquiri has arguably become the most popular variation of the classic rum cocktail, perhaps unseating the undisputed heavyweight champion of the 1990s, the frozen strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, sit on a beach, a frozen strawberry daiquiri is... Dude, nice. I do not hate a strawberry daiquiri. I do not hate a strawberry margarita. I think when, um, actually right, right now, I'll, when we were in... Hawaii actually right before all this pandemic started we were we were drinking a lot of daiquiris because they have some local rum down there and we were just like sweet bought some margarita mix and got some fruit and threw it in the blender and threw the pitcher in the freezer and and uh oh yeah that's right I, yeah I remember you telling me about that okay cool mm-hmm. yeah. so basically I pour the whole bottle of rum into the blender and then I pour like 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 a quarter to a half of the bottle of the mix and then throw some fruit in there and some ice in there and fill it up and then blend it until it was all blended really well. And then pour a couple drinks and then put that pitcher in the freezer. And the fact that it's like half booze uh, keeps it from freezing solid. So it'll slush, but it won't freeze solid. Yeah. And so then you can pull it back out and like stir it up a little bit, then hit it, uh, just throw it on the blender and hit blend again. Um, and it mixes it all up and, and you have like a slushy um, cocktail, which is yeah. really, you don't have any of those ice chunks. It's all just, it tastes like it just came out of the slushy machine. So you just have to blend it and throw it in the freezer. Blend it, freeze it, blend it again. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Um, but that's not what we're doing today. We're doing the Hemingway <laughs> Um, the So the behind the drink on this story is great. Um, the first line of the story goes as such. Ernest Hemingway needs a bathroom. Um, <laughs> or so the story goes. The novelist stopped in Havana's El Floridita bar, not far from the hotel where he lived during much of the 1930s. On his way out, he noticed the bartender setting up daiquiris and never wanted to walk past the drink. He took a sip and he said, not bad, 
but he preferred them with no sugar and twice the rum. So the bartender made one as specified and then named the drink after him. A bar, a man, a drink. Those are the facts. Um, from there, the story goes straight to hell. <laughs> as the, as the quote it says. I love it. It's pretty good. So there's, I don't know, the, like with every drink, it gets, it gets watery from there. Like the, the history, people have claims on this and that. And the, the drink was called the Papa Doble, which was named after yeah. Hemingway. Right. Because uh, like, he, he was like old. He had a beard. He looked like an old man. It was like yeah. the, it was like the dad's double, I think, or something. It was mm-hmm. like the, yeah, or like the grandpa's double, something like that. So it says the the exact history is a matter of considerable con- contention among cocktail sleuths mm-hmm. who have been poring over the clues ever since Hemingway walked out of the bathroom. <laughs> oh, nerds! Um, so whatever, like the 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 drink was made. We we know the guy's name, right? It's um, oh, the bar the bartender. It's Constantino. Constantino. Relag- I don't I hate to butcher it. Reba Lagua. Reba Lagua. Constantine. Reba McIntyre. No. <laughs> but they called him. Yeah. Well, we could say. I mean. I mean, the locals uh, called him El Rey de los Cotaleros, which basically means like cocktail king of Cuba. Arriba. Yeah. So. Not Arriba. Arriba. Come on, Mary. I've been trying to learn Spanish yeah, and I'm like having a really hard time rolling my R's. Do it. Gotta, I had a hard time with that before too. You just gotta practice it. You'll be able to do it another time. No, just it's keep, it's just because I'm Lebanese and it always comes out like like I can't get the so it's it's all diaphragm noise. You're going and that vibrates your tongue. Yeah, just like that. Oh. You did it. So kind of grunty though. We'll, we'll grunt. But yeah, the the bass kind of the, you're you're kind of channeling that bass into your throat, and that's what causes your tongue to vibrate against the roof of your mouth. Oh, intro. Okay. Lessons in rolling your R's. I'll work on that. <laughs> I'll work on that. Um. Okay. Yeah. No. While you're looking that up, should I can I say why like why why I chose this cocktail or like? So I know that you're. Floridian. I am Floridian. But yes, tell us why you chose the cocktail for today. That's actually a fun question. Um, so I yeah. chose this cocktail because I had never actually had a Hemingway. I live I lived in Florida <laughs> for 26, 27 years, 27, whatever. A long time. Um, and I'd never had a Hemingway daiquiri. And I went to this place um right around the time I moved to Seattle. It's called the Hideout. Kind of over on like um like the first cell neighborhood it's on like boren and you, have you ever been there you know what i'm talking about the hideout so anyway so i've heard kind of, of it but i haven't been there yeah yeah so it's kind of like a it was like it was like a cool kind of like old school like speakeasy cocktail bar before they became like trendy it had been, mm-hmm. had already been around for a while and mm-hmm. had it on the menu and i had, i don't know i'd been living here for probably i don't know four or five months at the time and i saw I and mean, i went there with a friend and i saw it and I was like, oh, man, that sounds really great. And I was like, and Hemingway is like one of my favorite authors, like all of that. Um, I don't know. I, and I'm, I'm not a big cocktail person. Like I do, I mean, I do like to drink cocktails, but like if I'm just like going off my friends, I'm like usually a Boilermaker person, like a shot in a beer or whatever type of thing. Ribalagua. Ribalagua? Um, that's what Sorry. I said. Ribalagua. Constantino Ribalagua. 
because the because the the G in Spanish has that different kind of like what like what it's like what it's yeah. like, what? It's, yeah. you start with a G but it's like a because it's the G way mm -hmm. it's like G, it's like G W A is kind of like how you kind of yeah. yeah your body uh, your body but yeah and, I mean anyway so I. I love a good strawberry daiquiri or pina colada on the beach like we've talked about. I love an mm -hmm. old-fashioned, like a Manhattan, things like that. But this was just kind of like a fun, kind of like tropical-ish drink that seemed to like suit Seattle. Because like it's not that, you know, um, there's someone yelling outside my apartment. It's right not now. as sweet and it's extra strong. And yeah. Kind of so I felt like I felt like it really suited me, you know, my first kind of year or so like in, in Seattle and it's not something that I'll order like all the time, but I felt like it was a cool kind of like homage to the fact that like I am from Florida, like having mm. my spend a lot of time in Key West. I love cats. Yeah. Um, not that that has anything to do with the cocktail, but I do love cats. Um, cats are the best, man. They are. Like it's I said, funny. it's a, the cats, cats are the, the bartender's pet. And if they someone are. wants to argue with me about that, then well, I'm, I'll be more than happy to talk to them. But cats and goldfish, like. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I love my low maintenance cats. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't know. It was just something that I discovered after I moved here. So I just thought it was kind of ironic, and I thought it would just be a cool. I thought it would be a neat, um, kind of different cocktail that not a lot of people might pick that come on the show. So it is a fun cocktail because even even if somebody would have picked the the daiquiri, I don't know if they would have necessarily picked the Hemingway daiquiri. Which Hemingway, and I love. Don't know I, that. What were you saying? Oh no! I was gonna say I love um, grapefruit, so I think that also mm. is something yeah. that I really. That was I was gonna list the ingredients here, so people know what the Hemingway daiquiri is. So if they're listening right now, they can make one at home. We will make yeah. the video for YouTube, so you guys can see how it's made, and we'll post it on Facebook as well. Um, but the recipe for the Hemingway daiquiri, Hemingway daiquiri, calls for um, it's two ounces of light rum. Three quarters of an ounce of fresh lime juice, half an ounce of fresh grapefruit juice, and half an ounce of maraschino liqueur. Uh, if you remember the maraschino liqueur from when we made The Last Word or the Smoked Duck Manhattan in the past, that is your Luxardo. Um, and it is, it's made with, it, it, yeah, it's a cherry liqueur. So that's, uh, that's going to be our sugar basically for this cocktail. So double rum, two ounces of rum, and all that other stuff I said. We're going to shake it shake it shake it and strain it into a chilled the, the usually it's like a coupe style glass that you serve a daiquiri in um which is like um one of the it's like a rounded martini glass if you don't know what i'm talking about um i don't have one of those in my house so it's a different one you'll see it in the video but that's kind of the traditional daiquiri glass is like something you would drink of a martini a margarita like a frozen margarita out of usually it's got the stem and then like kind of the curved um upper part um cool so i'm gonna make the drink and then mary can make her drink and then kelly can get a drink and then we can all have drinks and we'll come back and talk more okay all right brb want to watch joey make the cocktail find all of our videos on our website at lifefromthewell.com or go to youtube and subscribe to our channel life from the well sweet well so, cheers so y'all happy daiquiri day cheers Hmm. Click. <laughs> um, so tasting notes on the daiquiri here. How are you yes. feeling about this? So it's 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 pretty 
familiar flavors for most people, I feel like, um, for the most part, sure. right? Everybody knows what maraschino is because everybody's had a Shirley Sample. It's, it's um, well, it's funny because usually grenadine is actually pomegranate, but maraschino is, yes. is um, a cherry liqueur. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that is kind of the one thing that could throw people off that it has the maraschino liquor in there but it's not like it would be like in a shirley temple or something like that it's very it's like got that little bit of sweetness to it but it's like nice and kind of like rounded and not well, like like maraschino cherries is what people think of when they think of uh shirley temples or maraschino cherries which are which which some people think are those bright pink like waxy sugary things <laughs> Um, those are just cherries that have been bleached and dyed and, and, and filled up with high fructose corn syrup for your taste buds delight. Right. Um, but like a, a real maraschino cherry, if you, you know, is something that's been preserved in maraschino liqueur. Um, and so that's kind of where that came from was the liqueur as a way to preserve the cherries for a longer period of time. And then mm-hmm. have this kind of like syrupy boozy cherry that you would put in your drink. Um, that's that we should do a history on maraschino cherries at some point. It's going to be kind of fun, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's this Italian um, sweet liqueur. Um, and so that's, it, it gives, it gives the drink the sweetness. That's why we omitted the sugar on this Hemingway daiquiri is because I mean, it, it, you get plenty of sweetness from fat Luxardo. And right. then you got double rum in there, which it's a, it's a, it's a silver rum. And so there's not a lot of, flavor for it so it's just it's just a lot of booze and then a lot of high citrus which covers all of that up and so you have the sweetness from the maraschino and then the grapefruit and the lime and it gets you drunk so yeah cheers i mean we daiquiri i like it cheers to that yeah hell yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's kind of why i like it too i mean it's um I mean, you know, I mean, we worked at Cantina for a long, long time and like tequila, tequila, margaritas, but like, I'm honestly not a big margarita fan. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, all, you know, like, like we say, like we said earlier, you know, on the beach, you know, you want a strawberry margarita time or place. You know, whatever. But when I, you know, if I just want kind of a citrusy, like nice cocktail, I feel like this is always kind of a really good um, go-to for me. It's clean. It, Cause I mean, you, that's, that's kind of the thing in there too, is like, if you, if you want, it's like a margarita without any alcohol taste, but there's enough alcohol in there to knock you on your ass. <laughs> yeah. And it's not super sweet. And I really feel like the maraschino adds something to it. So I really feel like it balances a- the tartness, you know, it gives you, it gives you another element to focus on other than just sour. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. It's a good drink. Honestly. It's a good, and, and it's a nice way, like I said, it's a nice way to, to spend that extra Luxardo that you have for when you bought that, when you were trying to make last words for that party you had last week with all your friends. <laughs> Is it, the last word has um, absinthe or no? I can't remember. No, it's chartreuse. Uh, it's it's gin exactly. chart, but I mean, good similar flavor profiles for sure. You get, you get a little bit of an anise on both of them. Yeah. Definitely. But then they kind of go a different direction trends for sure. But they, they're both a green liqueur, one from France. And I think they're both from France actually. So yeah. But what do you, I mean, uh, uh, do you like the Hemingway daiquiri though? Have you had one before? I love it. I actually, I don't think I have. Um, I, I had to look up the recipe when I, I don't even know if I've made one, honestly. Um, I think if someone ever ordered me, ordered one from you, I just made them a daiquiri. 
Yeah. You know, just bartenders, knowledge and ego, all that. Um, but it's good. I think there's definitely, I think if I worked in like a rum bar, this, this would be probably a oh, yeah. on the menu for sure. Definitely. I think even at like Cantina, this would be something that would be really good on the menu. Yeah. I, feel I thought like about that. Like, there's been several drinks I've made on this podcast where I'm like, man, <laughs> we've got a good cocktail menu if we come back. <laughs> yeah, for real. Got a lot of good drinks that we've been playing with. And it's been fun because I know like the history and all of them now too. So I could sell the shit out of it. Um, yeah, no, I, I dig it. I, I I like anything inspired by authors though. I, I love like I love thinking about something that fueled creativity mm. and, and got someone into a place where they could just, you know, tell a story or be weird or make us all think or, you know. Let me see if I can I it might not have been Hemingway, but there was one author that was always like he was like write drunk and edit sober. I think write it was drunk, edit sober. Is that yeah. a it's a um Hunter Thompson. Might have been Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter Thompson would would write like like I don't know. He was more than drunk. He had a whole great process. You should look that up sometime. Oh, okay. So I just pulled up an article, and apparently he's misattributed it for saying it or writing "write drunk, edit sober." The quote was actually uttered by a writer named Peter DeVries. And then the article says, "Sorry, Peter." <laughs> Peter Freeze. That's a good, uh, I like that though, because I, I uh, we make the podcast drunk and then yeah. a lot of times I listen to it sober <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is like when you, when you are under the influence, I mean, you're a little more, you know, you're a little more willing to like write what's really on your mind and really on your brain. And then you can mm -hmm. go back and be like, okay, I can make that sound like, yeah. not that I can make it sound a, a lot better, but I can pull up a thesaurus, you know, and make mm -hmm. it, you know, make the words flow better. And yeah. If you, if you can go, if you can take the creativity from your drunk mind and present it in a sober way, that yeah, fucking awesome. That, I mean, that's, I think that's kind of what, I mean, that's what we do here. That's, that's, that's what Kelly does with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she takes our, she takes our drunk asses and, and edits out all the stupid parts. Well, all the stupidest parts. There's still stupid parts that are, you can't get all of them. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. I, I keep talking. The stupid parts don't end. Um, but, uh, into a polished product. I, I, I appreciate that though. That's, um, yeah. that's a very, that's a very, um, conscious way of looking at yourself too. Just being aware of like your different extremes, knowing that like, yeah. there's some good stuff there, but there's some bad stuff I should probably cut out too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I mean, wait, cheers. Uh, so <laughs> Mary, let's go on to the, to the next part of, of the personal experiences, bar stories, that kind of shit. Um, okay. So uh, we'll we'll start at the top of my list. Yeah, uh, tell me about some of your favorite regulars you've had over the years. Okay, all right. Because I, I know that you and I have some of the same regulars, and so it's fine. We, can, we, <laughs> we have some of the good. same regulars. So I did have a couple of good ones at the hookah bar too. We had a, this dude named, mm -hmm. and and this you know the hookah bar was super laid back, like just to like preface it or whatever. But man, he was so crazy. Like he lived like in the apartments that were like behind the strip mall, like where the hookah bar was. Mm -hmm. And he would always invite people over like every night, like we'd close at like 2 AM and he'd be like, come over. I will cook for you. He's from Saudi Arabia. Well, he always said Arabia. He's like the Saudis. He's like, he's like, I don't, I don't claim the Saudis. He's like, it's Arabia. So, <laughs> so he would always like invite, and it, you know, it was all musicians and we're all humanities, philosophies, religious study majors. You know, we'd go to this house and, 
he'd be over there till like five, six o'clock in the morning, man. And just, he would be like, he would just be cooking his food and like, it was a whole thing. And man, those were, um, I only, he only convinced me to go over there maybe two or three times, but man, that crazy old Arabian dude, like he was very funny. Like he was, and he would always, so we only serve beer and wine uh-huh. and again with the laid back atmosphere. So he would like bring like a little handle, not a hand, not a handle, not a little handle, I guess, but like a little, you know, pint or whatever of whiskey. And he would just like he'd order his Heineken and then he would like sit out on the little porch or on the patio tables and just like sip on his like, it was whiskey that he drank. I can't remember. <laughs> just a little bottle. So you just like hit yeah, the bottle and hit little, the Heineken. Just, just a little bottle. Um, <laughs> you all just kind of were like, yeah. Yeah. Like nice. as, as annoying as, as he was though, he was probably, he was, was a good dude he was funny um trying, uh, i think he was probably I'll, only annoying because he was drinking the whiskey so much he just went a little too far and like yes. you liked his personality but then he was drunk too and you're like all right but <laughs> he was drunk though. you're drunk enough to be fun but you're also kind of annoying <laughs> yeah and then I mean, and there was a ton of regulars that would come into the hookah bar um i would do open mic nights and stuff like that that were really cool if i mm. if i think of anyone in particular i'll bring it i'll bring it back up but um what so from regulars let's move into uh gross stuff (laughs) it's a category that we cover it's just something if you have something gross cool if we'll put it in this or in the b-sides it's a good gross story do you have a good i got one yeah all right what's a good gross story there (laughs) so for those of you that don't like so i worked in uh natura was a hookah bar right so i worked in a hookah bar um these kids would come in like 18 19 and they would get a hookah and then they get refills and like but what people don't realize sometimes is that like if you smoke too much hookah like it will make you throw up yeah like you will like throw up if you so we had this big round like orange like it was huge like think sectional from like the 80s and it was like orange it was just kind of like a moon shape almost it was huge Mm -hmm. so like you know like six or seven 18 year olds would roll in they'd get a couple hookahs or whatever <laughs> and then they and then they'd get like slushy drinks or boba or like whatever and this kid and i think that he had probably been drinking before he'd gotten there maybe he was drinking while he was i didn't serve a little him, pre-funk but, yeah like maybe he was like pre-funking or whatever and um so they're all fine you know there's a band playing like everybody's pretty much chill but then he starts to get like kind of weird and i saw him go to the bathroom a couple of times and then he finally came and sat back down and I had gone out, my left the other bartender behind the bar and I had gone out to smoke a cigarette and I'm smoking a cigarette and it was all windows so I could see through and he like takes a hit of hookah and then literally just throws up red fucking like boba tea like all over the table, like all over the table. And like I'm watching the other bartenders like seeing what's happening and we're just like, what the fuck? And they're just like, <sighs> and. But, but the worst part about it was, as soon as he did it, he like throws the hookah, the hookah um, wand. <laughs> wand down, and like gets up, like looks down at himself, and then just like takes off, like just, just like, runs. Like, uh, I've got two I believe. <laughs> and like all of his like eighteen year old friends are like, "Oh my god, what do we do?" So of course, like me and the other bartender like have to clean it up, and then like. He ends up coming back like an hour later being like super apologetic and like me and the other bartender were just like, yeah, dude, like it's fine. Just like, don't come back tonight. Like, we're not going to like kick you, like ban you or whatever. But like, 
you threw up and then you took off and then we all had to clean up after you and just go home for the night. Like, just yeah. don't. It's like those guys that tried to like fought me and Todd and then they wanted to come back in and apologize like five minutes after yeah. like we kicked them out. <laughs> We're like, you guys, <laughs> you just tried to fight us. And you punched right. both of us. Like, now's not the time for you to try to keep talking to us because we're both really mad at you. Like, come back tomorrow when emotions have died down a bit. Yeah. That's we can have a normal conversation. But right now, we're all heated, and we're probably just going to get another fight. I know. And I actually, I think someone has a picture of this. I'll have to, I'll go back through my Facebook archives one of these days. And if I, I think I can find the picture of the dude. And if I can find it, I will totally send it to you. <laughs> you have a picture of the guy that puked? Yeah, someone took a picture of him like he was like I think he was going like this or something like that, and they posted on Facebook and like tagged a bunch of us. <laughs> They're like, "This fucker puked at our place." <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 funny. Yeah, that so that's my, social media justice. Yep, that's my big. That's my that's my big gross one. I should have the GMs on and ask for their dirtiest stories because those guys have dealt with some nasty stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think definitely has definitely did it and you know, i'm sure he had throughout his career too i'm trying to think of his like the one th the lady that had passed out and was like was just like she was passed out in the bathroom and throwing up and there was like a pool of throw up coming out under the door but she was like passed out oh my god i wasn't there for that thank god oh my god Ugh. yeah like there's <laughs> and they're just like boom 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 like <laughs> please wake up like we, we want to help you should we call an ambulance? God, like, what's going on? Yeah, so, yeah, that, that, some nasty shit happens in that place. But I think that's what happens also when you have those single stall uh, bathrooms. You know, when when people can just lock themselves in a room and yep. and <laughs> they think they revert to whatever maturity level their emotions are at. And I it think some just, people some people so are terrible. are not. They can't be trusted in a locked room by themselves. Yeah. Really? And I mean, I would do that. Like when, like, if I was like trying to go out or something like after a day shift or whatever, like I would go in that bathroom and be in there for like five or 10 minutes. Cause I was like, it's my room now. I need to change, like fix my hair, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, it were two bathrooms and they both had a deadbolt on them yeah. and it was, they're just single stall bathrooms and you go in and you lock yourself in for as long as you want. And we would have people go in there and lock themselves in for however long they want hours. Hours on end, like people, it, we, they, it, that was actually why we put, um, it's funny because I remember we opened, we had those two bathrooms and people would go in and lock themselves in. That's the key. And at the end of the night, we would, we would have people in there and we'd have to like wait for the customers to get out of the bathrooms before we could close. And sometimes people would go in there and do drugs and they would pass out and you would have someone that like locked themselves in the bathroom for five hours yeah. and passed out on a bad heroin trip or whatever, right? Um, so then that's when we started putting the passcodes on the bathrooms and trying to keep people out that way, which, I mean, it, it helped a lot, but it wasn't perfect. You know, we'd still get people that would, that would get in there and yeah. go in and take a, take a, a sink bath, you know, and just, you know. <laughs> that was always the hardest thing at Cantina too. And well, I, I mean, of course not to like hate on TD or Tom Douglas like at all, but like, it was never like we always had to be very gracious about it which i think is like good you know we're in a restaurant you know whatever but like about people at night like when you're closing and stuff like that we're like at the hookah bar like at like 2 a.m we were like what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think um that was one of the things that i struggled with um with 
managers was uh, my my eagerness to close at the end of the night and their willingness to take customers up until the last minute. Yeah. And I still think that's one of those things that restaurants need to understand that like, it's better for morale. Like you, you, you're open until 10, but do a last call, you know, like give, give yeah, your, like, give your employees something to look forward to at the end of the night where they can, where they can start cleaning up, you know, um, you know, if, if you lock your doors at 10, then, you know, let them do a last call at nine forty-five. That way, yeah. you, that way, the people that are in there get the no. vibe, get get the closing vibe, and you're gonna save right. a lot on revenue too. Like, one of the reasons that restaurant managers and owners have been so lax on us staying open for the customer is because they're only paying us minimum wage, and it doesn't cost them shit, and so it's cheap for them to do it. But now that minimum wage is expensive, it's becoming an issue. Right. Um, so now you got to think about morale and that kind of stuff, and so the right. the, the 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 whole of it all is why not give the people that are running the place the power to end the situation at the end of the night close yeah. the restaurant get out of there go home instead of instead of having that question mark on the end of every shift being like all right well i know we close at 10 tonight but i might be there till midnight if people don't want to leave like that's right. the dumbest thing i've ever heard so i'm i'm, I'm a big proponent of 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 a restaurant last call of a, of a dinner time last call even if you're even if you close before two o'clock, you should still be able to give everyone in the restaurant like a 15 minute heads up on when you're going to actually stop and then just yeah. stop. Even if you can still serve legally, you have your hours and just stick to your hours. Right. Well, no, the weird thing about Cantino is people would come in and they'd be like, oh yeah, we're just going to have the one. Mm -hmm. but then they would like sit or, oh, and maybe they'd get a second, whatever. Cause you know, we were pretty like chill. We'd be like, yeah, fine. Whatever. Yeah, it depend on who it was, but I mean, but, but then they would sit there for like an hour and it's like, dude, we said, remember the yeah. thing we talked yeah. about it. There's hours <laughs> on the door, you know, and, and if you're hanging out an hour after the hours on the door, like that's, I guess that could be that we could move that to our, um, improve the industry or secrets of the industry or one of, one of our, one of our teachable moments or recommendations is, is, is acknowledge last call. And, and then if you're part of last call, uh, just be aware of it. If you're, if you're out late and you are drinking, I've been, I've been with friends like where we're all drinking and it's like, Oh, all the chairs are up on all the tables around us. We should probably, you know, well, by, like by that point you've been there too long. If they put chairs up around you, typically like everybody's like, ready to go home at that point. I feel like my rule of thumb is like, if you're in a place and they do last call, you should be leaving that place in no more than half an hour. Mm-hmm. That's right? a half hour is generous. Yeah, fifteen to fifteen to twenty minutes, but a half hour, sure. That's really right? that's, like just, and that's yeah. something to be aware of too, because I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, last call, okay, we're gonna stop drinking, but we can, can we get a coffee or something?" You're like, "No, no, last call means we're closing, you guys." Yeah, like it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean continue hanging out. I mean, it doesn't mean you know it means it means leave here and go find some place else. Right. Because we're done. Yeah, and 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 once all the lights are off and we're just standing there in our hoodies, um, staring at you waiting for you to finish up your conversation so we can bust your table and turn the last light off and lock the front doors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's just what people being aware of themselves too though, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, let's start. So let's jump back into my other questions because I want to get to, to my, probably my favorite question is the self-care stress management. Um, part of segment of the show 
Uh, so in today's stressful ass world and, you know, just the, just all the fucking shit that's happening and, and it's impossible not to be stressed out at just about every moment of the day. Right. Um, what's, what's, uh, something you're doing to find balance in all of this? Mary. Um, so, I mean, we talked about a little bit earlier, but I, I bought a trampoline. I really like my little baby trampoline. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like, you know, there's some mornings that I get up and I just don't want to go out for, like, a walk, but I do want to, like, get some movement in. So, like, I'll just, like, turn on, like, a playlist or whatever, like, whatever I'm in the mood for, like, that morning. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Jason Derulo from, like, the early 2010s, I think, or, okay. like, late late 2000. Anyway, mm-hmm. he's fun, though. Like, whatever. I like him. Um, it was, like, right, right around the time I graduated college. I feel like he was... Nice. Um, Takes you back to a good place. Yeah. So, I'll... Yeah, so I definitely, I like to jump on my trampoline. I always like to open my um, my living room window, like, every day, because the cats really, like, sitting in the window seal. They have their little cat tree there. Um, Shout out to Malcolm and other kitty. Yeah, I know. Malcolm actually right here. Oh, there's Malcolm in the arms. No. Yeah, my two cats are also part of my self-care. They're my little babies. Yeah, homies. Um, but also... Um, Cats are I the love, best. Um, I love a good charcoal mask. Like that's like my my new thing. Like once a week or once every other week. And I get the I got a little brush and I brush it on and then like I just let it sit and I just like I really like how like tight it makes my face feel. And then you like rip it off and there's nothing like ripping off like a charcoal mask like <laughs> all in one piece. Yeah. Like legit feel like a brand new person. It's like peeling like, an orange all in one piece. It's that same like yeah. yeah. Like you seriously feel like a brand new person. Um <laughs> and then I've also really been enjoying um audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I read a lot for school obviously so sometimes sure. it's nice to just like queue up some random like audiobooks and just kind of like a little high or not get a little high or whatever you know what i mean just have like a little afternoon like audiobook session yeah just escape into a little audio world and let your imagination create some stuff yeah which um i've really been enjoying that as well and then i've lived in my apartment for about six months now um there's just a lot of weird little things that i haven't like taken care of yet so i have like a list and then i maybe try and do like one a week like i'm not trying to be like you have to do this, this, and this on this day. But I just have this list of things I've been wanting to get through. Mm-hmm. And like so once cro- crossing off things on a to-do list is, is yeah. helping you relieve stress a little bit. Yeah. Cause I'm not, I'm not stressing myself to get it done. Right. Like, but it I, feels I good to the, get it done. Right. Like I know I have the time, like yesterday I reorganized my closet. Like, mm-hmm. um, no, that was the day before the day before I reorganized my closet yesterday. I rearranged my living room. Like so yeah. just like, those little organization really. things, like, are, they, they do a lot. Because, I mean, it takes it takes a whole day, but then you can, like, look at it and just feel, like, really gratified about, like, what you accomplished. And then you just live in that order that ordered world for a little while. Exactly. I, I honestly, I really enjoy it. And, like, and I, I love cooking, too. So, mm-hmm. um, not having to work nights. Oh, my goodness. Like, what that you, is uh, so- What have you been cooking lately? So, I'm, I really enjoy, I've been making a... Um, zucchini quote-unquote like ravioli mm-hmm. so you um you slices is that from like the the spiralizer kind of thing or you're what? oh no ravioli like i guess a... that would be like a spaghetti but you're, you're yeah I is do, the um... zucchini i guess the pasta you're using or is it yeah so i use the zucchini as the pasta mm-hmm. um and i just do you just take a vegetable slicer and you just slice it mm-hmm. and then um the mixture is kind of like ricotta onion garlic and spinach 
Um, and I always try and do less ricotta because I'm watching Macau's. Um, <laughs> but I always try and do less ricotta. I'm like, just, you know, so you're, you're basically eating zucchini wrapped spinach, right? Mm-hmm. With like garlic and onion. Yeah. Um, but it's in delicious. Like pasta form and it's awesome. Yeah, you do. You do kind of like a little crisp, like a little cross. Like you do two slices of zucchini um, horizontal and then two slices um, vertical. Mm-hmm. And then you plop your little ricotta in the middle. And then you just fold it all over and mm. then you put it in a little um, casserole dish that already has some sauce in it. Yeah. And then you just bake it for like 15, 20 minutes. It is delicious. Cute. <laughs> and then um, the other thing I've also done is I've perfected my um, Thai tofu peanut curry, which I should make for you someday. We'll have yeah. to do a potluck sometime. Yeah, um, potluck. Pock it up. I just made yeah, lasagna. Just, I'll make my lasagna that I just made. Yeah, my my Thai peanut curry is legit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've really got it down. Um, Sounds good. Now I've also I've made hummus a couple of times. I like making Lebanese. I'm Lebanese. I'm half Lebanese. Mm-hmm. My dad. Um, but I love trying to recreate like Lebanese stuff too. Yeah. So it's like fine. a family cookbook. So. So on to teachable moments, which I think we've covered a little bit. Should we even need to? Keep, John, do you have? I. Do you have anything uh, improve the industry wise? So this is like the, it's the anti bitch fest where where we where we mentor instead of complain about what people can do better and like present. So so you know that I, I hate it when people just just present a problem. I like a problem with a solution. So if you present a problem and a solution. Well, I would just say like, and I think I'm speaking to the times that like we're in right now, but I I think that it's just like. For everybody, it's just like be kind. Like we're very much like everybody's trying to figure it out right now as far as like what we're doing, like this whole post-COVID thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, restaurant like servers, bartenders, like we want to go back to work and like we want it to be safe for us and we want it mm-hmm. to be safe for you. And so yeah, I mean, if we ask you to wear a mask, like when you get up from the table and go to the bathroom, like just wear a mask. Like it's not. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't understand that like kind of like anti-mask culture and it's like, no, yeah, whatever. Well, it's been politicized. And so people, people are able to add, add like an argument to their fear because it's scary. I think for some people to wear a mask, right? It's a scary thought and people don't want to admit that it's scary. So instead they ridicule. Right. Um, And so I think the people that aren't wearing masks are probably the scaredest people some of the times where they won't acknowledge it, but at the same time, like they've been fed nothing but fear. And so they're trying to be brave and not wear a mask. And I think in their, in their own minds, like they're doing what's just because they're, because they're being brave. But like, honestly, that's, that's just the rhetoric they're being fed by, by a divisive, you know, monster. Well, yeah. And I think that, that, yeah. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, like in the beginning, at least a little bit about just like, it's not just for you. Like it's for other people too. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, so just like think of other people. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like to anti bitch. Like I just, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think overall, I would just say even, even pre COVID all of that, this shit, just like be kind and be, be patient and realize that like, we're all doing like the best that we can. And we don't want you to have a bad experience. Like we're there for you. Like we want to entertain you. We want you to have an enjoyable experience. So if little shit goes wrong. Like it's better to just kind of, you know, not you know, let it go, but you can present it in a very, very nice non bitchy way. Yes. What else you got? 
what else do you got? Um, let's see. Secrets of the industry. So this is like um, recommendations, like any, any like tricks. Or honestly, right now, my recommendations go, go deep. So if you have like um, a, sh a show you've been digging, music you've been digging, like and people are, people are kind of stuck right now and they've been watching the same thing or listening to the same thing over and over. So if there's, if there's some sort of content that you can suggest to people out there that might give them, a, you know, some, something fun to invest in for a little while or, or if, if there's something about the service industry that you have a good, a good brand of shoes or something, you know, that like recommend away. Man, <laughs> whatever. I've never, I've never been able to find good shoes, so I won't even go there. Oh, Birkenstocks, homie. I know, Get I know. Birkenstocks. You always, you always say the Birkenstocks. I swear um, by them, and they're the best. I have been in this industry since I was 15, and I am 39. So that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time. The best time. shoes I've ever worn are Birkenstocks. They're Birkenstock clogs, and they have they have the no slip bottoms, and so you can walk on oil and not slip. And uh, I, in in five years, I went through two pairs of those at Cantina, and they 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 made my lower back pain go away. Um, I will say, uh, stretch. I think that's like a stretch. Limber like up. A service industry secret that I found. Like I would stretch like before I would like leave for work and get on the bus, mm. and then I would stretch a little bit like when I got home. And I really, I it was kind of like a little bit of just like a you know, like a self, self-awareness moment. Yeah. Just to like that's a great, that's a great awareness because we spend in the service industry, we spend so much time on our feet. So stretch, the, stretch your legs out, especially because yeah. you have so much prolonged time spent on your legs. And that's this added stress where all your muscles and, and tendons get really tight. So I, I used to stretch constantly at work and <laughs> always just be yeah. like, it's very common to see me folded in half, just like stretching out my hamstrings. Yeah, just stretching out. Yeah, always just limber up, man. Stay limber. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think of some stuff that I've been like indulging in. Ooh, okay. 90 Day Fiance. Okay. <laughs> you keep saying this. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. So it has like so many spinoffs too. There's like before the 90 days and then there's like happily ever after and like some of the scenes are outright ridiculous but like for my ladies out there like it's a fun watch man like if you just want to you know have a couple drinks or like smoke a joint and just like forget about the realities of the world for a little while watch you some 90 day fiance man like i don't like i love it um i mean i'm a huge star trek fan i mean if you've never started star trek i feel like now's the time Everybody's at home. You're not. It's on Hulu. I feel like it's on Hulu. It's on. If you Netflix, haven't got into like, Star Trek yet, I mean, first of all, what the hell? What took you? Yeah, saying? like, what are you even doing? I mean, if if you want to talk about like a show that that represents an ideal level of humanity, you know, that that's it's something we should be working towards. Yeah. You know that that's. And yes, like, Deep Space Nine is a good one right now too, because it's like. I was like their first black captain. He's mm -hmm. like a single father. He's raising his son. Like mm -hmm. it's very, it's, 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 that's actually the one I'm watching right now, which is kind of like so halfway the reason that I'm like shouting yeah. out. Commander like, Cisco, Captain Cisco. Yeah. Cisco captain or commander? Ben? Captain, right? Captain. Uh, commander. I think commander because it was a space station. Because it was yeah. a space station. Yeah. Yeah. Love me some Janeway. Captain Love me some Catherine Tupac, Janeway, too. AKA Red in, in, uh, oh, yeah. Orange, orange is a new black. black if you if you're if you're hip to that you can see where, that, where yeah. she started i, I i've then, always known her as captain janeway when when she showed up in orange is a new black i was like what's janeway doing <laughs> what's janeway doing here what the <laughs> why is janeway sound russian right now that's weird <laughs> she's great i really like her she's so um, good 
Last call for alcohol. <laughs> Last call. Um, do you have a shot? Got a shot. Cheers. Kelly? Cheers. Clink, clink. <laughs> that looks fun. Look at me through the shot glass. Um, awesome. So that, that was our shot. And now it's your shot to talk about anything to promote shit. You want to, you want attention on social meds? Give us that. If you want to bring attention to any uh, charities or causes or whatever, you know, now's your time to speak out and tell people, um, tell, tell the world what you believe. <laughs> I tell the world what I believe. <laughs> no, I definitely feel like you could throw like my shout out earlier for that home dude that's on uh, TikTok and Instagram. That could be like one person I want to shout out. Um, I think also it goes along with like what was his name? Of, uh, Bemo the Prince. Shout out to Bemo the Prince on TikTok. At Bemo the Prince because. He's hilarious, and his his videos have been really making me laugh during quarantine, which I really appreciate. We should tag him in our uh, in our release of this. Yeah, he's like uh, he's like he's like he's like us, you know. He's an he's an older millennial, I think, from mm. what his videos are. And anyway, um, I think my 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 comb is is question everything, but do your research. Nice. nice. So it's it's like it's definitely okay to like you know, question all these different things that are going on, but at the same time, it's like, you know, check your facts, like, make sure that you know, like, what you're talking about, do your research, and, like, and open up your, open up your mind, too, like, mm -hmm. one thing I noticed is that, like, I've read a lot of sci-fi in my life, but I haven't read a lot of sci-fi by female authors, or I haven't read a lot of sci-fi by, like, black authors, so, like, that's something that I've really been trying to um, import like into my into my world mm -hmm. is all of these um, writers that are viewed as different from, perspectives. Yeah, from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that I think just kind of broaden your broaden your horizons and maybe just like you know just like see where where your lens was and maybe see how you can expand it. I, I actually really like that. I think um, you know now, especially now, it's it's the best time to read books from authors who have weird last names. You know, compared to ours. Um, I agree. <laughs> because like it, like well, I mean, it, it just helps to expand your worldview, right? Yeah. And then you learn how to pronounce their last name when you read the book, and then it's not a weird last name anymore. And then you have yeah, a little exactly. more understanding. <laughs> you have this and that, and then you move on. You find another weird last name, and you try to pronounce that. And if you can't read the book, you know, you'll figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I think it's a good time to just yeah, you know, kind of check your shit and make sure that you're you're getting a bunch of different perspectives into your worldview. I like it. Nice. Uh, let's let's wrap this shit up. Uh, that wraps up one more life from the well. Thank you, my friends, for listening. Um, thank you, Mary, for talking. And as always, thank you to the den mother, to the giant, and to the lost little kitten, Kelly, Peter, and Brian. Uh, <laughs> um, until next time, cheers, y'all. Shouts out. Extra special shout out to Scratch Distillery making quality spirits from scratch up in Edmonds and Barflies for providing quality equipment to make our delicious drinks with. Um, be good to each other. Until next time. See you then. <laughs> <laughs> see you then. End of see you then. That's a good. That's a good end. <laughs>